Welcome to The Raw's Project, a podcast covering no bullshit, 100% real raw and unfiltered rags to riches stories from amazing human beings around the world with emphasis on life, personal development, family, tech, and and marketing. Excuse me, I can't speak today. And we are back live in the flash. It is Monday. Let's see, uh, March 22nd. Wow, we're already into March. And ladies and gentlemen, I have a doozy of an episode for you guys. We are live in the flesh streaming on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Twitch, on Periscope. And of course, this morning, we've got a trio. I'm joined, of course, by my lovely co-host, Courtney Turner. Good morning, Courtney. How are you? Good morning. I'm well, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah. It's Monday. I'm good. My hair flying. I'm good. It's Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It is Monday. That that's for sure. And uh, I'm pretty excited because we've got an amazing episode uh, lined up uh, this morning. How was your weekend? What'd you end up doing this weekend? I I was working most of the weekend, um, but I flew back last night, so I'm back in Santa Monica. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel about that? But (laughs) yeah. Okay. Okay. I kind of missed. uh, I'm already kind of missing my little dose of freedom. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. It was. Well, a, I'm, it was really nice. Like people didn't, you mm-hmm. know, get, harass me about wearing masks. People just, you know, let you kind of live and let live, and you know, it was like it was almost like I was in America. It was kind of crazy. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, um, well, great to hear that. Great, great to hear that you're back home. I know you were you were traveling a little bit. And uh, so we've got a great episode. We've got a great guest, actually, yeah. that's going to be joining us in just a second uh, here. And I know you're going to be excited for this because you're a huge fitness aficionado. So yeah. we're going to have a lot to talk about. And uh, without further ado, uh, I want to welcome uh, Lenora Wyatt. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Ivan? Hi, Courtney. Hello. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Good to see you. All right. Well, before we get started, I, I want to introduce Lenora and share with viewers and listeners a little bit about your story. And then we'll jump into kind of, you know, tell us a little bit about how it all started. So Lenora Wyatt is the CEO and owner of Fitness by Nori. She became the owner of Fitness by Nori through her own fitness journey. Lenora has always been a dreamer. She has always been competitive, driven, and disciplined. Oh, I know a person like that. Yes, that's you, Courtney. <laughs> Um, so Lenora is a U.S. Navy and Army veteran, and thank you for your service. We greatly appreciate yeah. it. Um, Lenora is a senior human resources professional, MBNHR certified by SHRM and HRCI. Now, to add to that, Lenora is a certified master trainer through the International Sports Sciences Association. That's the ISSA and Threats. I-S-S-A, yes, <laughs> and enjoys assisting others with their health and wellness goals. Lenora has always loved to help people, believes in, in this passion, stems from a background of being rejected and feeling like she needed to prove herself to be accepted. Oh, my God, that's a powerful, powerful story there. But so with that being said, you know, let's let's turn things over to you, Lenora, and um Tell us a little bit about, you know, how did this all start? You know, can you go back to, you know, your early days and tell us, you know, how did you get into the service, obviously, and how did you get into fitness? Where you've been, what you've seen. Tell us about it. (laughs) So um, if we travel back to my early days, like you said, um, I ended up going to the military because um, my grandmother was raising us. I was legally adopted by my maternal grandmother. Um, I, as you said in my bio, I felt like I was rejected. I wasn't wanted um, by my mother and my father. My mother was a 14 year old. She got pregnant with me. She had me when she was 15, um, just learning herself. She, I mean, she didn't know, right? And then I never knew my father until I was 21. Um, and so I just, that those foundational principles of love and things like that you're supposed to receive from your parents, I didn't receive those. And so I went through a bulk of my life trying to be accepted and, you know, and wanting to have this group of friends and things of that nature that regular young kids have, right? And I didn't have that. And so I always try to you know, fight to um, to be that person to lean on and stuff like that because I know I wanted that. 
And so I've always been competitive as far as wanting to be the best or wanting to do the best. I was the oldest grandchild. And so I was helping my grandmother raise the other, um, raise the other grandkids and stuff like that. And so I just always felt like I had to do good. I didn't want to cause her any stress. She, you know, she raised us and she took me in and everything mm -hmm. and adopted us. So I didn't want to cause her any extra stress. So I made good grades and things like that, hoping to get that affirmation. And a lot of times it was more or less like this is what you're supposed to be doing so you don't get affirmed for doing those things and stuff like that and so that's what ended up happening i went to the um i went to prairie view AM university for one semester i was mm -hmm. um I was I was sheltered by my grandmother, of course, because, you know, we went through the abuse and everything before the adoption. And so I was sheltered. So she wouldn't, you know, allow us to party and hang out and things of that nature. And so when I got to college, my first semester, I hit the yard. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and so I'm paying to go to school and school loans and stuff like that. And I was like, no, you know, I've always been a thinker. And so I was like, no, I don't want to do that and waste all of this money and leave. I don't have a degree. And so my grandmother had um, I had written with her one day to the hearing aid place. And it was the recruiters, um, right? The Navy recruiter right next door to the hearing aid place. And when she got out, she's always speaking to someone and she's talking to the guy that was standing out there, the recruiter. And she said, well, what do I need, need to do to join? And he said, run a couple of blocks, do some push-ups or something like that. And she was like, well, honey, I can't do that, but she can. And so he came yeah. to the window and he tried to talk to me. He gave me his card. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that, of course. And then um, when I, like I said, when I went to Prairie View and hung out and stuff and realized that I didn't want to waste the money, I came home before the semester ended. I came home and was like, I need to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And she was mm -hmm. like, you sure do. So I called the recruiter and I said, hey, either I'm going to go today or I'm not going to go. He came and picked me up. I stayed at the hotel um, overnight that next morning at like 4 35 o'clock. I was on MEPS floor all day, meaning I took my test that day. I took all of my medical exams, physicals, everything all in one day. And I flew out the next morning um, to Orlando, Florida. And so that's how I ended up in the Navy. <laughs> so um, it says Navy and Army. So I ended up in the Navy there. Um, got out. Um, my grandmother was was sick. So after my my three years, I got out to come home and help her. Um, five years after that, my grandmother passed. I was already at Frito-Lay. I was working for Frito-Lay for almost 11 years. Um, went up the, you know, up the, the rank there. And then mm -hmm. um, they had a huge layoff um, during the recession back in 2008, 2010. So in 2010, I was laid off. Um, and I was like, I've always wanted to be a military officer. Um, a couple of months after that, I was getting married. So my whole life was just changing. And so wow. he was like, you don't need to work. He didn't want me to work, but I was like, I have to do something. So he was like, well, what have you always wanted to do? And I said, I've always wanted to be a military officer. He said, well, do that. So in April, I got married. I went back to the military, did my research and everything. The Navy was not accepting prior service, so I couldn't go back to the Navy. Wouldn't dare go to the Marines. That's a different branch. <laughs> you have to be something else to go to the Marines. Um, and um, the Air Force didn't accept prior service as well. And so the Army was okay. accepting. So I went to the Army, had to go back through boot camp and everything because I had been out for over 10 years. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was just a whole different something else. So I went back to the military, to the um, to the Army. Um, and in 2016, I ended up going through the divorce. So. <laughs> Oh, wow. So I went through a divorce and it kicked up that neglect and that, you know, not feeling wanted and, and all of that. It kicked all of that up again. And it was just really huge. And so, of course, the first thing we do is we run to our emotions and we eat up everything. And so I started eating up my yeah. pain and everything. And I'm only five one. So before you knew it, I <laughs> Well, I never knew that, Courtney. Yeah, I never knew that. I always thought you. Well, I I shouldn't say anything. I thought you were about five. You know what? That there's uh, height doesn't matter. I don't I don't think height matters. When she started, <laughs> I'm going to tell you a funny story about that though, because people yeah. always think I'm taller. It's really funny. 
Well, at five one, and I say five one because once you know we can't mm -hmm. go up anymore, we start to go out, right? <laughs> so, so I had yep. gotten at my largest, I got to one hundred and ninety eight pounds, and so I just kept saying, "I will not be two hundred pounds. I will not be two hundred pounds." And and so, yeah. um, ironic enough, my girlfriend and I were at Papa Do's and we were eating. <laughs> so, and I ended up, <laughs> she ended up introducing me to one of her friends who um, was this um, trainer. And he said, she was telling me about his class and everything. And I was like, oh, his class is nothing. And so he asked me for my number and he sent me, um, he sent me a text. And so we just kept talking. And so she said, um, he said, she said, call me tomorrow if you're not dead. And I said, that class is not that serious. And so he tapped yeah. me on my shoulder and he said, did you fill out the waiver that I sent you? And I was like, mm -hmm. a waiver? I need a waiver? Like I'm really gonna <laughs> die in this class? Like, are you serious? And so he was like, no, you'll be all right or whatever. And so I filled out the waiver. I went to the mm -hmm. class the next morning and it was an amazing class. Um, The name of the, the class is Trap Fitness with Pretty Girls. Um, It's none other than the CEO was Traylon Curry. He ended up, um, when I went to the class, wonderful class. I lost 41 pounds in four months. Um, he ended up being my personal trainer um, for the next two years after that. And that's how I ended up into fitness. I mean, he showed a different love for it, for fitness, you know, working out, yeah. having fun. And so I ended up launching Fitness by Nori in November, November 21st, actually, of 2020 during a pandemic. Yes. And um, I launched Fitness by Nori, started personal training clients and things of mm. that nature. And now I have um, the total total body experience. It's a, a fitness mm. class. The total body experience um, at thirty seven eleven West Camp Wisdom here in Dallas on Tuesdays and Thursdays at eight p.m. and on Saturdays okay. at ten a.m. So that's how my fitness journey came. If you can't tell, awesome. pain is interwoven through my whole life story, and that's how everything yeah. always comes out. So yeah, and um. Wow. So uh, I want to go back for a second, though, because when you were talking about um, the service, uh, th th I think there's something there or there's something been there for a long time. And I'm curious to hear about it. And uh, I think you've had a drive. You've had um, uh, the sense of resilience since a very young age, I think, because I picked up on that as you were sharing in your in your story. Right. But I'm curious to know you know, as you were talking about going into the service, right? Uh, so the army and then it was the Navy, right? Also. So like in both of them, obviously, but what was, was there a specific reason? Was there something that was like enticing you or was it just, you know, on a mission to serve and, and protect? And what was that? I'm curious to know, like at that time, if you were to go back, you know, when you were making those decisions, right? When our recruiter was chasing you, right? Like, what was going through your head? Like, what were you thinking? What were the decisions? Because I think there were a lot of emotions right there. I'm curious to hear, because I think that has been a huge driving factor for you all the way into now starting Fitness by Nori and would love to hear, you know, of that. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? So when you were talking about the recruiter that was chasing me, um, my yeah. whole thing was when I went to the military, I did have a desire to serve. Of course, I was only, um, I was 17, 18 years old. So I didn't know the gist of everything, right? But I do, I've always had a, a passion to serve. I've always wanted to yeah. give back. I'm always trying to help someone. Um, and for earlier part of my years, because all of my friends call and talk to me and stuff, my, my grandmother, they thought I was going to be a counselor. So because I'm always trying to serve and help someone, right? But what yeah. was going on at that time is, it was so much happening in the earlier, in my earlier years. That's when, you know, the drugs were flooded into the black and brown communities, right? The parents mm -hmm. were, you know, on drugs and out in, you know, in the streets and stuff. The government assistance was there, but you couldn't have men in the house. Um, and so the fathers and stuff were being pushed out and things of that nature, right? Not to mention, I never knew mine. And so my whole drive at that point mm -hmm. was to try to 
figure out how to get my life on track so that I can help someone. If you're not good, you can't help anyone else because you're helping. You're, you're trying to serve out of an empty reservoir, yep. you know, and you're supposed to serve out of your overflow. And so I was empty and I was trying to figure it out. I, I didn't have, again, my mother and my father. I didn't feel the love. I was feeling neglected, mm -hmm. rejected. Where do I go? So I ended up yeah. going to the military because I went to college hung out and stuff and i'm figuring i'm gonna have to pay for this i'm gonna have school loans and debt out the wazoo yeah. so i need to figure out what am i gonna do with my life and i remembered i had that card and so that's when i came when i came home and my grandmother was like you need to figure out what you're gonna do i'm like well i don't want to cause her any more stress like this yeah. lady has taken me in like i don't want to do that to her so let me go to the military. I've always been mentally resilient. I've always been mentally strong. I remember we did like this 15 mile ruck. And I don't know if you guys know yeah. what a ruck is, but a ruck march is like you're marching with your rucksack on your back with everything in the bag and you're just marching, right? It appears that there's no destination. <laughs> you're just yeah. walking. Yeah. But we did this 15 mile ruck. And I remember it was a van and the van is towards the back because people that fall out, you get in the van and stuff. And they're not saying they're going to give you a ride. It's saying if you end up in that van, you're going to have to start over. Right. And so I yeah. remember the van was too close to me. And I remember saying leaders leave from the front, not the back. And I just started marching past everyone. I've always been mentally strong and I'll always dig down deep and figure out something that will pull forward. And so that mm -hmm. thing for me that day was there have been many women that did this before me. So I know I can do this. And that's what I would do. I would always push forward, which is how I kind of got my my workout name, my oh, yes. name, which is Miss Butterfly Beast, right? I'm pretty as a butterfly, mm. but I train like a beast. Like I just, when I'm in that mode, it's like my mind just clicks on and it just does something different. I'm just a little yeah. bit different from yeah. everybody else. <laughs> no, uh, you know so there's- Do you know what stands out to me? Oh, sorry. What stands out for me, uh, you know, definitely you have a mental resilience and fortitude, but you have a, a tremendous sense of gratitude. And I think that that's really, I, I know you look at it from like the grit perspective, um, which you certainly have. I mean, not to take that away from you, but you also, at least uh, what it appears to me, you have a tremendous sense of gratitude for all the things you've been through, all the struggles. You are still so appreciative of the things that you got, of the people who were there for you, of the gifts that you were blessed with, um, and the people who have served before you. And it seems that you want to, instead of being entitled and thinking, you know, the world owes me, you're like, how can I give back? I was given all these gifts and I want to serve with them and to share them. And uh, that's really beautiful. I that Thank you, Courtney. Absolutely. Um, the gratitude part, it's how I start my entire day. It's how I start my life. My day is started with, um, I journal, I read my word, you know, and when I say my word, I read the Bible. Um, I am a woman of faith. Um, I don't try to push my faith off on anybody else, the way that you service, the way that you serve. But, um, and I, I read my Bible, I write in my journal and I listen to people that give me positive inspiration and motivation like Eric Thomas and David Goggins, you know, he's a yes. David Goggins, my dude. Go ahead. David Goggins is my dude. Of course, of course, it's technology. That's that's <laughs> literally what's going to happen is. And I'm pretty sure that just the way things go with this thing is that we might get cut out here. But uh, let's go back to you were talking about, uh, I believe, that the name of your brand. Right. Uh, and how she's talking Courtney. about gratitude. And gratitude. Oh, that was you, Courtney. I'm sorry. You were talking about gratitude, right? Correct. And so basically I was saying how I start my day is I journal, I read the Bible, and then um, I listen to a lot of motivational speaking like um, David Goggins, you know, because he's he's a beast. Right. And he's yeah. done all of these crazy things in the military. I listen to Eric Thomas. I listen to Bishop T.D. Jakes. Um, I read books that empower me like um, Dr. Caroline Leeds. She talks about the brain. 
brain and how food affects the brain and just everything for me everything starts with the mindset your mindset yep. my mindset to, to decide to work out my mindset to, to decide to continue to go to the class even after i had gone to the class and it beat me up that day right to continue your mind is the one that tells you whatever your mind is what tells you you're hurting you know and i yeah. when i when i'm working out i tell myself no i'm not so <laughs> i just keep pushing forward my strength and conditioning is just so much different than others because i push yeah. through that way but that's how i start my day off and that's why i'm so grateful that's where my gratitude comes from courtney my yeah, uh, so it's really beautiful it really shines through so mm -hmm. yeah I was going to say Goggins is my jam. You know, I followed that dude on Instagram and like uh, I've known several people that I've sort of tried to kind of replicate his style or like embrace it, I should say more of because it's just so hardcore. And like I've read some of his stuff, watched some of his videos. I'm like, holy shit, man. Like, is this a man of steel? <laughs> like literally, I mean, he has done, he's been in the, uh, in, in the service, uh, I believe. And then he's written several books and he's lost tremendous amount of weight and yeah. just totally shifted his mindset and became actually, I think one of the most followed people on Instagram when it comes to like mental toughness and fitness specifically. But, you know, I want to go back to the reason I asked the question of the driving factor behind everything you did is, is that, uh, I think you always had uh, that sense of hope and you knew how to find hope in darkness, because as you were talking about all these bad things that, that were happening and you were like, you know, let's face it, most people would lose hope. Right. We go completely hopeless and cave in and, you know, the dark, let the darkness overpower them. But you were seeing a light at the end of the tunnel, not to mention is this that you wanted to be to invoke the positive change. Not only for yourself, but in the world as well. And you knew that the only way you were going to do that is through action and through change. Absolutely. So you had to take initiative. And I love what you said about the fact that, uh, and I'm, I might butcher it, but you said um, that if you don't work on yourself to improve yourself and you have nothing to offer to the rest of the world. I love how you worded it. You said that you need to give. So you're going to have to repeat to me what Courtney is saying because I can't hear her. Back. Uh, technical problems. <laughs> it wouldn't be no fun if we didn't have any problems. Right. Uh, I think Courtney, you are you are trying to wrap up a thought. So go ahead. I was. I was saying that I loved how you worded that. You know, you have you're supposed to give and serve from. You can't serve from an empty reservoir. You're supposed to serve from your overflow. And I love the way you worded that. It's so true. If you have, it's like the. I don't know if you're familiar with Shel Silverstein. He's probably on the band list. Now. But you know the Giving Tree. Are you familiar with the Giving Tree, the book? Oh, okay. It's a great, great. I, I actually, I, I'm, I'm half joking, but I think he is on the ban list now, which is tragic. Um, you know they're banning all the childhood books. But he, he wrote this book about the Giving Tree, and it was about this big, beautiful tree, and it, this, this kid who like kept taking from the tree, and the tree just wanted to keep giving, giving. Until finally, the tree was, I'm going to cry, and the tree was this little stump, and there was nothing left to give. And metaphor is that, you know, like, yeah. no matter how much you want to give, you can't give till you ha you're depleted. You're supposed to give from, you know, the surplus, like you give, the tree gives the fruits, which are replenishable, and then they keep growing, right? So, right. That yeah. is so true. Um, and I do feel that way. I mean, if you have nothing to give, you can't. I mean, you, you, it's just difficult. Like you were saying about the tree, it ended up being a stump because you just have nothing else to give. So if you're not good, then you can't give to everyone else. And that's um, it starts at the mindset level. And a lot of times we're we're like, we don't want to go away from these people or we don't want to do this because we don't want people to feel a certain kind of way. But if you're not good, you can't give to other people. So you sometimes you have to go away. Um, and, and my family and the people that are around me, you have to have a good crew around you. Um, those that are around me, they they understand that sometimes when I go into my shell and because I'm an extrovert, everybody is like they have the misconception that extroverts don't need to be energized because, you know, we get our energy through people. Right. But that's yeah. not always true. You have to go in and you have to shut it down sometimes so you can reboot and reset. So, yeah. Well, and, and 
It's because you're energized by external stimulation. That's what being an extrovert means. But you can't, it's like anything, you can't be constantly stimulated, right? There gets to a point where you're overstimulated because you are stimulated externally. So there's times where you need to recharge. You're like, okay, like a battery can't just keep pumping, right? They right. need to right. plug in sometimes. And that's the same thing. And it's the same for introverts. When they spend too much time going inward, they get overstimulated. And I know that seems like an oxymoron. People don't really understand how that works. But right. they get stimulated inward, and there gets to be a point where they need to recharge by connecting with others. Um, and so yeah. that is one, people who have a misconception about how that works. One thing I wanted to mention, uh, Lenora, is just that um, you know we spend a good amount of time talking about psychology and mindset and personal development on this podcast, and uh, with the Ross Project now, you know, being six years in running, and uh, Courtney also joining the team. Uh, about four months ago, I want to say five months ago, roughly when we started doing this, this live um, version was an amazing companion, you know, to the podcast. And uh, you were just talking about it. Ironically enough, you said it, Lenore, you said, surround yourself with a good crew. And I'm one of those people that, you know, being bullied all through high school, uh, being an immigrant also that have faced a lot of adversity myself. And and, and Courtney has a, an amazing story herself. In fact, she has beat all odds of just being alive herself. And so we are huge admirers of that, you know, and in fact, personally, also as an entrepreneur, and this is something that we cover on this podcast, is that I don't think people understand that, you know, you, you got to you got to be at full tank. You got to be at full tank because if you can't operate at full tank, like you said, you've got nothing to give. And this is something that I personally struggled with for years, for years, because very much like you, Lenora, I wanted to create impact in the world. I still want to. And I feel like my life is just getting started to actually create that impact. But here's the thing. Before you can create impact, you got to have something to give. That's you got to right. have some accomplishments. You've got to have a foundation. You've got something to build. So I had to spend time building some shit so I can give away some shit. Right. You know, because and 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 thank you, Courtney, too, as well, sharing that story about the book. I believe I'm going to have to look that up because that's an amazing story. But, you, you know, yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? If you can still get it. Yeah, you should. And you should read it to your children. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, as a father and as a husband too, Lenora, you know, that's something that, you know, uh, I, I, I always try to be the, be uh, the better version of myself, the best version of myself and make sure that, like you said, is this that, you know, how, do I, how can I keep the tank full? And let's face it, when you're wearing multiple hats, you know, this as an entrepreneur running a business is that when you're wearing multiple hats, is this just say that one thing's going to limp or more than one. So, how do you, my question to you is just to continue the convo is how do you every day when you strive for the things that, you know, to be a better version of yourself, uh, a woman of God, right? To pursue, to try to, to, to fulfill, you know, your mission, like what drives you every day? Like, you know, besides, you know, I know Courtney talked about gratitude, but is there anything else that you get up every day and like, you know what? that's my driving factor. That's what fuels me. What is that? So basically you're saying, what's my why? Everybody has yeah. to have a why. Something right. has right. to drive you, right? Um, right? And ironically enough, my why is my family, but the person that is that continues to lift me and keep me floating is my grandmother. And she's deceased now, right? But there are things that I wanted to do when she was here that I wasn't able to do. So it's like, I can still do those things because she can still see me. And so I push and push and I it's like, I still wanna make her proud, right? Yeah. Um, another part of that too is, and um, Courtney, you opened up the door to say, it's okay for us to cry on this podcast and I'm not yes. gonna cry. Um, one thing, about, <laughs> one thing okay. about me is I am a real person. And so, you know, a lot like Courtney, I, I will cry. Um, part of that is also because I still, <clears throat> I still desire to have that relationship with, um, with my mother and father, you know? And so, you know, we continue to 
work and work and try to, you know, you feel like if you work, um, that things will be okay, that, you know, it'll work out. And that's a misconception that we have too with, you know, with whoever you feel like God is to you. Right. Um, that's a misconception because with God, you don't have to work for his love. You know, you don't have to put in that work. The, the work, the love is, is freely given to you. You just have to receive it. And a lot of times we look at God as our, um, we look at God and perceive God to be what we have here on earth. So if I look at God in that way, I would say, well, my mom and my dad didn't want me. So God didn't want me either. Right. So just constantly working on those different relationships. So those are some things that drive me too, because at some point I feel like, you know, my, my parents are going to get, you know, old and at some point they're going to need me. And I want to still have that, um, I don't want to have a calloused heart. I still want to be loving and receiving to be able to serve them because they are my parents. That's how I got here. So. You know, um, what's so ironic about that, Lenora, and, and I want Courtney to jump in here because she's probably feeling is that there's a lot of similarity to also Courtney's story a little bit is because I think you said that I think you said your parents didn't necessarily want you. But you you kind of embrace that and realize that, you know, through God that he wanted you to be here. And, you know, Courtney, feel free to share, you know, just a little bit about your story, because, you know, I think you beat all the odds, too, of basically, you know, being told that, well, you know, just find a nice institution to live in the rest of your life. But, you know, and, and we haven't gotten into the fitness stuff, but like you completely prove the entire society in the world wrong. Right. Right. Yeah. I would say that, you know, I know Ivan said we, we didn't hop into the fitness stuff, but I always say one of the things I love about fitness is it really is, you know, most people get into it for superficial reasons. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think, you know, as human beings, we should want to put our uh, best uh, package forward in every way, you know, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And uh, how great is it that, you know, something superficial can motivate us to want to strive for something that's so much deeper and i think it's I mean, that well, when you look when you look good you feel good you know there's absolutely truth in that but i think what i where i was going with it is that most people start with that but it they end up that, that's yeah. enough that's not enough for sustainability it's not enough to keep people working that hard and the you know the more uh, the further you go on your fitness journey, the actual harder it gets, not easier. It actually gets harder. So you need something deeper to keep you there, to keep keep yeah. you pushing. And what I love about it is that what I realize is that people go on a personal development journey with it. And that's really, so you tend to, people who really are passionate about fitness, I find are very solid people. You know, there's good and bad everywhere. But like, for the most part, I tend to see really solid people who, you know, understand work ethic, who know who they are as people, know what drives them. And uh, they understand that nothing, um, nothing worth having comes easily, because I don't care how talented you are. You're never going to be an Olympic athlete by sitting on the couch. It doesn't matter how many gifts you were were blessed with. You still need to use them. You need to hone them. And uh, so Ivan wanted me to share a little bit about about my personal story. I was born with congenital rubella. My mom had the German measles during first trimester pregnancy. Um, So I was born with several challenges and complications. I'm, you know, to give you the cliff notes version, I'm blind in one eye. I lateral hearing aids. I didn't, I learned how to speak by reading lips because I didn't get hearing aids until I was almost six years old. And heart surgery when I was a year old. I was born with hypotonic limbs. So like the opposite of hypertrophy is hypotonia. The muscles didn't develop. Um, I had fine graphic motor impairment. My growth was stunted. My parents are actually really tall. I had, I was missing 10 teeth, you know, there's all sorts of challenges. And they told my mom the best she could hope is to find a nice institution for me to spend my life. So all this to say where this, you know, probably resonates for you is I feel I'm more spiritual than I am religious, but I feel very strongly that my spirit, my soul, uh, you know, whatever it is that resonates for the audience listening, you know, whether it's God, whether it's the universe, but somehow my spirit wants to be here from conception. 
I have been fighting and I, I always feel that way. I feel very strongly that I was meant to be here. I have something to contribute. And, you know, for me personally, my why is to give back that I was blessed. You know, I, I think the first uh, podcast I ever do with Ivan, I, I, I messed yeah. up. I said one in four trillion, but it's 100, one in 400 trillion chance of being born. You know, people think that, you know, it's just so easy to, you know, as women, like you spend your whole life, I, I think, being told, like, <laughs> have to worry about getting pregnant, right? It's actually not that easy. You, you have like three days out of the month where that's actually possible. Sorry, guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is just biology. This is fact. It's not like, you know, every day, every night is like, you know, game on. It, it's not like that. It's actually, this is this miracle that human beings are born. And so for me, it's this tremendous sense of gratitude that I get to have these struggles. You know, I was talking when we were rebooting, I was talking to Ivan about like the things that, you know, I'm struggling, like I have a lot of work on my plate and a lot of, you know, little challenges. And he was like, well, if you're not working, you're not growing. And, but it's not just that. I feel blessed that I have these problems. I mean, they're so minor compared to, you know, some of the things that other people struggle with. And it really yeah. is all about your perspective. And the, this is a really fascinating thing. People have, there have been studies done where people were offered to trade, you know, what they see as their biggest detriment or challenge, you know, whatever label you want to give it, and trade with someone else. And something like 99% of people would still keep their baggage. You know what? It's theirs. You have no idea what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes. And, you know, most people couldn't, most people couldn't, there is a saying, and as I said, I'm not particularly religious, but I am spiritual, but I love this. And I do think this is true. God gives you what you can handle. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, you know, it's our job. It's incumbent upon us to take those challenges and to show him and lead by example for others that we can handle those challenges and we can rise to the occasion and that we are better and stronger for it. Right. I I believe that our pain, definitely, I believe that our pain has purpose. And um, we need to actually, like you said, jump in there and we need to do it. I mean, we... I believe that we don't go through the things that we go through only for ourselves. We go through it to help other people, you know, and that's how they say, turn your test into a testimony. Um, You have to be able to tell people, you know, that what you've gone through and it will help someone else. The, the, The Bible says that we're overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. So if we don't go through it, then we won't have that word to be able to help and encourage someone else, you know, Mm -hmm. and we're only going through it because God knows that we can make it out. Right. God knows that we, and he knows that we'll be able to tell somebody because some people go through stuff and they're so ashamed and they're, they're hurting. And and I'm dealing with some of that currently, you know, some things that I've gone through as far as, especially with the divorce and stuff, I wouldn't talk about it for the longest because I never wanted a divorce. You don't go in a marriage saying I'm getting a divorce if if things don't work. I don't think that's that's true today. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. it's not like I'm going to, we're going to break up like we're girlfriend and boyfriend. No, I I didn't get married to say that, you know, if you make me mad, I'm going to get a divorce. I wanted to work through it and fight through it and stuff like that. And that's, you know, you have to have all three aligned, meaning God and the two people, right? They have to be aligned and it just didn't work out that way. And so my heart was broken. And do I just stop living at that point? I have a whole lot of love to give. So I'm never going to date again. I'm never going to go out. I'm never. And for a long time, I was like that. (laughs) I just recently in about the last year said, okay, I think I can I think I can get out there again, but no, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to jump in real quick, Lenora. Oh, sorry, I just want to add this really quickly. Just for the people who may not be uh, super religious, but I I personally feel that um not it's not always that your pain I don't necessarily think your pain has purpose. I think that we can give it purpose. It can be Absolutely. the key to our purpose. And mm-hmm. you know the, the thing is whether you're religious or not, we as human beings were endowed with free will. And you know that to me is a, a, a divine uh, a gift that we have free will. And so we can choose whether or not we want to create a, give purpose to that pain and turn it into something that has meaning and value for both ourselves and for others. So 
You know, one thing I wanted to jump in real quick. First of all, I, I want to say thank you both of you for that segment right there, because that was about like the most succinct alignment of the universe. I think just that both you resonated with that synergy. I love that when you were talking about spirituality also. And, and, and I'm just blessed to have both of you here, Lenora, you and Courtney. And we get really, really deep into these kinds of conversations also. And, and we're very different, you know, in terms of the podcast, because we do allow people like you, Lenora, to come on and share your story, you know, and, and when you were talking about going through a divorce, I'm someone who was divorced. In fact, you know, I lived through 10 years of someone who every single day almost told me that I was a failure. And so, you know, that was that was a very toxic relationship, you know, but what you were saying, uh, I think it was an excerpt from the Bible, and I'll, I'll probably butchered it, is that you have to go through that, you have to experience that. People don't understand that adversity. And I just pushed out a post actually last night that, you know, your failures are the stepping stones to success. That the bad things that happen to you, the adversity, the struggles, the challenges, everything, you were meant to go through those things. You were meant to go through them, to defy them, because if you don't, then that's ultimately where it's a test of worthiness in a sense, is that, you know, were you a, go ahead. So it was something that you said there. You said that you were meant to go through it. And basically mm -hmm. what I pull from the word of that is um, all things work together. Yeah. All things, the good, the bad, the ugly, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to your purpose. Right. So everything is not going to be good all the time. That's just not life. Right. Okay. Because. <laughs> Even if you don't cause those things to happen, you may come in contact with someone else. Nobody goes out today and say, I'm right. gonna have a wreck today. Nobody says that. Somebody just happens to, you know, they're, they have things going on and they're not thinking, they're not paying attention. So all things work together. You can jump out the car and you can act a fool or whatever, or you can say, you know what? You may be having a bad day, I'm having a bad day. Let's switch information so we can go ahead and go and release the traffic on this freeway, right? And everyone else won't be mad, right? So right. It's, all, it's all about perception and how you handle it, you know? Yeah. So I agree with you, Ivan. Churchill yeah. said that, that success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. That's it. Yep. That's it. That is it. Right? Yeah, that is, you know, that's really, uh, well, the reason I commented on that too is, Eleanor, is because I think uh, when I asked you earlier about what's the driving factor uh, behind everything that you do, and you mentioned your grandmother, you know, yes, I think that's that's a strong sense of purpose of why you're doing what you're doing, and that's extremely important. But I think the spirituality also, and 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 again, you know, just to touch upon this is whether you're spiritual or not, or or religious or not, is just that I think a why, a purpose, you know, something that you strive towards has to be there, you know, okay. because. I, you know, there's too many people, I think as an entrepreneur that over the last 25 years that I have met that I feel like after you got, I've gotten to know them is like, I could tell how empty they were inside and that they were doing things for superficial reasons. Like most entrepreneurs actually start businesses because they think that they're going to get uh, rich doing that. Believe it or not, they think that they're going to start a business because, you know, they're going to make a pile of money. And by making a pile of money, that that's going to solve all your problems or it's going to make you happier. And I'll tell you what, the best entrepreneurs that I have ever met are the ones that felt holy inside. And that is the key message. I, I think people, entrepreneur or not. Exactly. No, that's an excellent point. And I think Lenora is because I know in your, in your, in your bio, also when you share is that, you know, that is uh, one of those things that, um, that I think you spent a long time, you know, finding out. And I think, you know, the adversity that you went through also with the divorce and stuff and congratulations on getting out there and putting yourself out there again, because <laughs> I've been there. And, you know, most people will say I'm crazy because I met my wife 11 years ago on match.com. My second really? wife. Yes. 11 <laughs> years ago. Most people will say you're freaking crazy, man. Sharing your info match.com. Like, well, duh, that's how people meet nowadays. Well, ironically, much. it's funny that you would say that. I was just speaking to um, a group of girlfriends. I went to our bridal shower on mm -hmm. Saturday, and they all were saying that you need to get on the Internet. You need to get on a dating site. You need to. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm a little bit more. You know, I like to 
touch and see and <laughs> I don't yeah. want to get catfished, right? <laughs> so right. so I'm not quite there yet. So yeah. I no, Lenore, I really that resonates for me very much. And I also feel like people have a, such a different perception of me online than they do in person. Um, and actually not even just online. A lot, I've found this just, you know, when people first meet me, they, uh, I, and this might be true for all people, but I think it's especially true for me. Um, and I, there, I, there, I have a couple of theories on why, um, and some of it does have to do with my being visually and hearing impaired. So I think I come across in a way, uh, where people don't, if they don't get that and they don't really understand it, you know, they have this perception of me because of the way I'm interacting with them. Um, because I may miss things, you know? Um, so I, I find that until people really get to know me, they don't really understand me. And that goes, you know, both ways. Like they have this perception of me where they're, you know, they are interested, like they, you know, like, um, but then they get to know me. They're kind of like, uh, you know, I'm really intense. And Natalie Portman had this quote. <laughs> she says that uh, smart, what did she say? Uh, smart men don't love smart women as much as smart women love smart men. And it's kind of true, you know, it's sad, but it is kind of true. And I'm very intense, you know, I'm very cerebral, I'm very intellectual, I'm very passionate. And, you know, obviously I love fitness and movement as well. Um, mm -hmm. But I find that, you know, it takes a really, I, men kind of have this perception of like, when they see me online, they think I'm like this light, fluffy kind of, and then they meet me in person. They're like, whoa, this was more than I bargained for. It's, you know? funny, that, it's funny that you say that and you, everything that you're explaining and everything, like I totally get it and totally understand it. And I bet you're wondering why, because my cousin is just like you. She's just like you. She's she's visually impaired in one eye. She has nice. and absolutely. She learned to speak sign language and everything when she was five years old. And she went to when she was absolutely. And she and I are like this. That's my that's my third I sister. So. <laughs> so there's a reason. Okay, so ladies, there's a reason that both of you, all of us, are on here today. Lenora, you sharing your story. Courtney, you also being being here. And, and I was actually reading through, so one of the questions that I ask everyone the, the books for the podcast is, is there something specific you'd like to discuss? And your answer, Lenora, was that you can do anything. Your body can do far more than ever thought it could do. So that you can do anything. I love the word anything simply because that indicates of the level of positivity, optimism, like Courtney said, fortitude as well that you have. And honestly, if you have that at your core, in your heart, and you truly believe that, you can accomplish anything. You I'm a firm believer of that. Anything. You can do anything. Anything that you set your heart to do. You know, a lot of people are like, well, and I, I make fun of this because I was talking to one of my really, really good friends that I went to school with. And he's like, I want this type of woman. I want this and that. And I was like, and you can have exactly that. You can have exactly, yeah. you can have anything you want. You put your mind to it. You can work towards that. Of course, you're not going to be able to go in the gym and throw up, you know, 300 pounds today. But if you work towards that, then you can do 300 pounds. Like I can do it. <laughs> no. Hey, have you been trying that? Have you been working towards that? I, I've been working towards it, but you made a valid point because, and the reason I laughed at it and raised my hand is because I was that stupid moron who thought I could walk in and like, you know, like, like bench 250 pounds or something. Or like, <laughs> right. That was the misconception, though, that we were talking about earlier is that unless and you made a very point, very good point, Lenore, is that unless you work towards it, you're not going to be able to accomplish it. And I think most people think that I'm going to show up into the gym, which, like you said, Courtney, is like most people do fitness for the wrong reasons. Right. They go in like, oh, I'm just going to live crazy weight. No, nah, I did. You're going to break your back doing that is what you're going to do. And you're going to break your ego. And you're going to break your ego. And I have to yeah. say, I'm a little bit more, I guess, uh, realistic in my uh, view. I, I don't believe you can do anything. I think as human beings, we are not, you know, for those who are religious, we're not God. We're not, we're not yeah. perfect. We are limited. We are flawed. But we are capable of so much more than we often uh, allow ourselves and believe. And I think that with hard work, determination, vision, 
Um, I think that we are absolutely capable of tremendous things and usually things that we never thought were possible. So, right. And yeah. a lot of times when I say anything, that's exactly what I mean. We limit ourselves, yeah. you know, we we limit ourselves. And one of my favorite movies um, is the movie Limitless. I've looked at that movie at least oh, right. 13 times um, because we are limitless, but we put a, a cap on what yeah. we think we can do. And when I talk yeah. about um, that, your body can do far more than you ever thought it could do. Um, yeah. I never mm -hmm. thought that I could do the things that I do too. And I was in two branches of the military. I couldn't do a pull up. Um, I could run, I, I did a marathon and everything. The 26 miles wasn't the problem. The last point two was an issue. Like where is the finish line, right? But right. it all starts in the mind. Like you Absolutely. can, I just, I honestly feel like whatever it is that you wanna do, if you put your mind mm -hmm. to it, you can do it. You write it down, write the vision and make it plain because there will, and, and you guys will see that, um, and I'm sure you've noticed it by now that I bet my life by the word. Um, and so that's interwoven in my life. Um, but you write it down, you make it plain. So if you talk to someone about it, um, they may be able to help you to, to accomplish it. So you write those goals down. You talk to people about it. You put it out to the atmosphere. I firmly believe that the world will conspire to help you get it. You are a co-author with God for your life, you know, and you put it out there and you will, I do believe that you can have what you want. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Ladies. Um, and I want to leave it on that high note, actually, Lenora, thank you. That was, that was absolutely beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank but I, in, uh, in respect of time uh, and being Monday, of course, because we know that it feels like the sky's falling down on Mondays. At least I know it feels like for me, but <laughs> um, the technology stuff that we had going on. Oh, too. Right. Right. Yeah. But um, before we sign off, Lenora, you know, uh, first of all, thank you for sharing your story. And uh, we, you know, I, I personally enjoyed the conversation very much um, and everything that you shared and uh, very happy for you and everything that you've done. And I think things are just getting started for you with your new business also. Uh, also last year during you know one of the most difficult times that we've had in recent history. But uh, before we sign off, please tell everybody, listeners, well, watchers also, uh, where can they find you on the interwebs? They can find me on any social site, any social site at Fitness by Nori, Fitness by Nori. I do have personal pages. Of course, my name is Lenora Wyatt, but Fitness by Nori on everything. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Clubhouse, like face, everything. <laughs> Fitness by Nori. Um, and I also, um, of course, have the, the workout class. Like I said, anyone here in Dallas, the Total Body Experience. Anybody here in Dallas, 3711 West Camp Wisdom on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 and on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m i'm actually going to be swinging by i think in april at some point uh going to houston and this might be a road trip so might have to kind of veer off the beaten path so to speak and stop by dallas because uh, i know a few other people in the area and have to stop by and see you but uh courtney did you have anything to add before we wrap up no it was such a pleasure i truly enjoyed this yeah. Thank you. Thank absolutely. You. Well, Nora, thank you so much. Courtney, as always, absolute pleasure. And ladies, hope you have an amazing day. I know you're going to crush it. Thank you for your, both of you for your time today. And uh, Nora, thank you for sharing your story uh, with thank everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Bye -bye. Monday.